Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline, and I run the Ballard Designs blog, howtodecorate.com. And I'm Taryn Schwartz, and I work on our product design team at Ballard. Mm-hmm. I'm Karen Mooney, and I head up branding at Ballard. We have a very special guest today. This is, we're bringing you another episode from High Point Market in North Carolina. We have the multi-talented Mark Sykes. Mm-hmm. He, we just actually went and toured his new furniture collection for Henriden. Uh, it's, it's gorgeous. Beautiful. We'll share beautiful. some pictures that we took on it's the It's like walking show into his book. Yeah, which is also that's a great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a perfect description. Um, all right, so we'll get to that in a second. But first, let's do our trials and triumphs. Taryn, you go first. Okay. Well. My trial this week was the pollen has taken over my whole outdoor space. Oh, yes. yeah. Time for the annual power wash. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. we Between the power wash and all my cushions and mm-hmm. all my furniture. Wait, you leave your cushions out all winter? All winter, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have no issues with my cushions sitting out all winter because it's on a covered porch. It's the Until, Sutton collection. Yes, I have a new Sutton. It is comfy. And we actually use it because we live in the South. So sometimes in winter, it's a nice evening or... True. You can use it never around. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, we leave it out there, and then this happens every year. Mm-hmm. If I miss the weekend, like, that it just, like, let's go, and I don't bring them in, everything is just, like, cake. Yellow. It turns yellow. It's all a soft shade of yellow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the cushions are no longer, like, a nice off-white. They are <laughs> a butter yellow. <laughs> yellow. A beautiful, soft butter color. So how do you clean them? Well, I don't know if they still make it this way, but our sudden... Sutton. Sutton. I mean, if any of y'all are trying to look it up on our website, (laughs) don't trust our southern accent. Uh You'll miss some consonants in there somewhere. (laughs) Sutton. 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 Anyway, they the covers on the cushions actually included the included cushions unzip. So for these particular ones, I'm able to. Um, wash them in my washing machine. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Um, and I actually throw all the pillows, which are all Sumbella fabrics that match back. Um, I throw all of those in the washer. I'll do like shorter loads. You know when you do like the quick one? Because mm-hmm. it usually, it's usually just like, hey, I need to get this washed and it's so they look crushed yep. in. So I'll do a few loads of just like just pillows in the covers. And then I put it all back together. Spray down the yeah, spray down the frames because mm-hmm. that's all you know. Rust like resist- a wicker sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a wicker with an aluminum frame, so it's mm-hmm. perfect for that. Yeah. So that was your t- trial, correct? Yes, was is back. I think I complain about it every year. That's anyway, okay. <laughs> and, but my triumph is mm-hmm. okay. Behind our house, there before we built a porch, there was a just um, cement path. 
Well, the path, we just, like, built over it and out, and so the porch is half um, screened, half open. Anyway, we had to, on one side, we put a lattice up the side of the porch, um, and we planted this hydrangea, a climbing hydrangea, in a box. Ooh. Well, the box, I feel like, dries out quicker, you know, mm-hmm. and it yeah. always gets forgotten because it's on the back side of this lattice, on like under our like bedroom window where you can't really get to in our backyard. So I have to like specifically remember to water it, or that thing like dies every year. Mm-hmm. I swear I killed it last year, and I opened my blinds in my like the, the back side of my bedroom the other day, and that's where you, when you can see it, and I was like. <gasps> You're climbing hydrangea? Yeah, so it awesome. survived. I was really, really shocked. So that was my triumph of this. I didn't kill it so much. Yay. That's always very exciting. Good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You got anything, Caroline? So my trial and triumph are sort of rolled into one. So when Will and I travel, we usually plan to buy like one big sort of souvenir or like thing. Um, Memento. Yes, memento. It, it recently has been art. Um, just because well, you said on the podcast the other day, if you have a small space, that is how you can decorate without cluttering. And you exactly. always say you have a small space. So yes. You're I'm practicing pra- what you exactly. preach. <laughs> um, anyway, so, of course, I've talked about this a lot. We just got back from London. And so we were sort of walking around and, you know, going through shops and stuff. And we went into this sort of modern, like contemporary furniture store. And um, I kind of fell in love with this, like, it's a mirror, but it's made out of stainless steel. And it's almost like a sculpture. It's kind of this weird, fun- it almost looks like a donut. Mm, but it sounds delicious. It's, <laughs> it sounds really weird. And it is weird. It is weird, which is kind of what I liked about it. But it looks like a three-dimensional donut made out of stainless steel and, like, slightly flattened, and you hang it on your wall. So it's How big is it? 30 inches. So it's, like, that big. Oh. I have a picture, and yeah, I'll share Yeah, we'll need to... We need to judge. And you brought this back. <laughs> well, okay, so yeah, here... how'd you get it home? Okay, so here's both the trial... So that was the trial. I mean, the triumph. Mm-hmm was that we found this cool thing, and um, it's sort of a long story, but Will had been working with a sculptor, and the sculptures that he does are outdoor, but they sort of have a feel like this thing. Um, anyway, so that was kind of fun because it tied into that, too, and um, we went through this sculptor's workshop outside of London. And um, Anyway, so we are talking to the shop girl, and we're like, hey, we really want to buy this, and I had done some research, and I hadn't been able to find it, Online sold in the U.S. Because I was just like, well, it's really big, and how are we going to ship it? Like, uh, I don't know. So we go to the store, and we talk, we're talking to the girl, and she's like, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. You probably won't have to put it on a pallet. We can just ship it to you. It may not be, like, super cheap, but it shouldn't be outrageous. We're like, okay, we'll do it. We're going to buy it. You'll ship it to us. The morning um, we get home, she emails She's mm-hmm. like, sorry, we actually are going to have to ship it on a pallet. So it's going to be like two-thirds the cost of uh, the item itself. Hmm. Did, so, you, did you get it anyway? Well, so I'm like, <laughs> darn, that sucks. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, so I got online, 
and I let my fingers do the walking, as my parents always say. And I found it in this like modern home store up in Massachusetts, outside of Boston. So I ordered it online, and they shipped to me for twenty bucks. <laughs> wow! So you did get it. So not. it's it's kind of a bummer because technically I didn't buy it there. So like, does yeah. it count as a travel memento? I don't know. You but have to pretend. We did find it there. So. It's exciting because we have a new cool thing, but <laughs> but you like, kind of uh, cheated, kind of a little bit it, cheated, yeah, a little bit. But that's all right. We no, won't well. tell anyone. Only the hundred thousand people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> Y'all don't tell but, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it counts. It'll still the memory will still be there. So that's, that's what true, matters, and right? it's a good story. Yeah. So, anyways, trial and triumph. Trial Karen. and triumph. Your turn. Okay, so my never-ending saga of my guest room. There is more to be told. <laughs> so uh, I'm painting it, and um, I've talked about the bed that I put in there. It's an upholstered bed, and it's a natural linen color. And I wanted the wall to be pretty much the exact same color. And I have decided that I want my ceiling to be blush pink. What? So you're going just blush on the ceiling? Blush on the ceiling, the lightest, lightest, pretty little hint of pink, and this natural linen color on the walls. So they're sort of the same, Caroline, you're smart, uh, value. They're the same value. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then... I decided, y'all, and I'm not the kind of girl who, like, paints it up on the wall and considers it for a couple weeks and then makes an informed decision. No. I'm very impulsive. (laughs) Like, literally the morning that we were painting, I'm in the kitchen with my coffee trying to find some light and the fan deck picking my colors. Oh, Karen. I know. You should know better. I know. I do know better. I also know I should measure before I buy things, and yet I don't. Um, yeah. Don't follow Karen's. No. Don't follow I am Karen's what not to do. Yes. But she gets it done. I she doesn't. Do, mm, do get she done. gets it done. I got to respect that. Yeah. So I'm, the, the timing of my life is this. So um, I'm having the whole marketing department over for a party on a Friday. And I want to have this room like painted and installed and ready to go. Okay, then on the following Sunday, I'm leaving town to come to High Point. Out of town all week. My husband's out of town all week for work. We're supposed to get home the following Saturday and have house guests sleeping in the guest room, right? Mm. So I have to get all this done before I leave town, and I really want to have it done before the entire marketing team comes over and judges me mercilessly so <laughs> the worst the worst team the worst Caroline's part of that team <laughs> so anyway <laughs> so I'm, I'm basically Tuesday morning I realize oh no it all has to be done by Friday at noon not Saturday night at midnight you know so I throw myself into a tailspin I'm picking out the paint I send my husband to the store whatever okay so it gets kind of semi-painted it's not ready for the party i just had to close the door i had to just resign myself to the fact that it wasn't ready um but it got got all painted and 
Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, you don't. Mm. I didn't like my trim color. So I like my wall color. I like my ceiling color. And I had just picked a one shade lighter than my wall color for my trim, thinking, you know, it'll just be tone on tone, kind of very mm-hmm. subtle. Y'all, it looked like an ice cream store in there. It was not good. Mm-hmm. So um, luckily, the the guy who's painting, it's my brother-in-law, is very good painter and he was like Karen it kind of looks like a Neapolitan ice cream carton <laughs> he meant it in a nice way and I went in there and I'm like oh, your face. that's not good <laughs> not so, what I was going for mm-hmm. but he still had all the paint I mean all the trim taped off so I was like oh man I hate to do this to you but I gotta change that trim color to get it a little more gutsy you know mm-hmm. because when I had those two really light colors it felt so, to me, for my taste, so soft and too soft. It needed mm-hmm. a little more of an edge. So I just took out my fan deck and I went like two or three colors deeper Ooh. than my wall color. Uh, so it's a dark, you know, almost like a cocoa color. Um, and I did the trim in that. So, it yeah, it looks good. It good. looks good. Awesome. And kudos to Joe Mooney for not flipping out about me saying I'm painting the ceiling pink because he was like, what, what? What do you mean it's pink? And I'm like, oh, you won't even notice, honey. It's just going to feel glowy and pretty. And he's like, mm. And then he walked away. But <laughs> did you win him over? It's the guest room, so I'm hoping. Yeah. So when you do the trim like that, that you it's do you do the base molding as well? So you yeah. do the floor and the top. Okay. Yeah. All around the doors? What about the uh-huh. back of the door? Uh-huh. Everything okay. inside the room. Gotcha. Yes. That so sounds the doors. pretty. Can we have a picture? Yes. Well, it's not done yet, but it's almost done. Progress shots are good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do. Didn't I show you the, didn't I give you a shot when I mismeasured the drapery and it was like 12 inches off the ground and then I had to go get it. I don't remember if we fixed shared that. my dry cleaner. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'll get you a progress shot. Awesome. It's coming together. She is making a really um, hesitant face. Like, uh, well, she's right agreeing, but she doesn't want a to. tarp. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that was my... The good part is that the really pretty blush pink ceiling. That's my triumph. And then my redo on my trim is my trial. But this, you guys, gets back to that same point of don't be afraid to try stuff. You know, paint's easy to change, mm-hmm. especially when you're getting someone else to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is. I mean, it's, you know, it's a weekend of effort to get a whole new look. So, yeah. yay. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get to the show. I'm excited to see Mark. Yay. Apparently, he always wears white jeans and a blue button down. So I'm curious to see if that's yeah. what he wears. He's today. in his uniform. We'll see it. Cool. We are so excited to have our guest today here in High Point is interior designer Mark Sykes. I mean, interior designer doesn't even cover it, though. You have a fashion line, a book, an interior design business, and now you have a furniture collection that you're launching this week, You're right? a busy man, Mark. Oh, yeah. I know. And a fabric collection. Oh, and a, and a rug collection. But yeah. What do you, yeah, what do you call, what's your own personal title? <laughs> well, yeah, what do you, do you call yourself? yourself? Yeah. Oh, Renaissance uh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never thought about that. Just Mark well, you should work on it. Well, when you, you should meet come up at a cocktail party who don't know who you are, 
What would I say? What do I do? Uh, I'm an interior designer. I mean, I think that fashion is really fun and um, a part of the bigger picture, but I wouldn't necessarily say that was the main focus. I mean, it's a very small part of my time. Um, The interior design business is, um, you know, 90% 90% of what I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all these product collaborations are, you know, have taken a lot of time over years. But, you know, once they're up, launched, uh, that takes less time. Mm-hmm. But um, I'd say interior designer. So you just <laughs> had your second launch with Henry Don. Um, and it's furniture, right? And accessories. And we were just walking through it right before lunch. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous. I was saying it looks like walking into your book. I really felt like I was sort of you know, walking into your book. So you thought it was beautiful, like the book. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It was gorgeous. Um, How long does it take for you to work with a a group like that to get something to market? Well, I I think four years ago was when I first approached um, the Heritage Home Group with kind of a a brand um, book um, to kind of share with them kind of my vision for um, an all-comprehensive collection. So I had done a lot of work, um, you know, working on what the story was, what the name of the, you know, collections were, what the name of the specific items were, where the inspiration came from, where the influence. That's kind of how I approach everything because I come from a slash retail marketing background. Mm -hmm. So that's the first, um, when we first started, and then there was years of meetings. Um, And then after that, we took that collection and that vision, which pretty much stayed intact and started doing more formal um, drawings and renderings and really honing in on um, the details and the trend, you know, the finishes. Um, so that took about a year and then it took about a half a year of sampling and then we launched last fall. So I, it's, it's a long process. Yeah. So I was reading your book and in one of, it's a room in your house. It's the striped one with the tinted ceiling. I love that. You talk room. about having this day bed that is perfect for naps, and I was just thinking, how on earth does this man nap? <laughs> He's got a book, a furniture line, a fashion line. When do you nap? I do. Well, I don't. It's know. for your friend. Uh, maybe on a Saturday afternoon, but um, <laughs> I haven't napped in the last four years. There you go. Well, so, there you go. Uh, you designed it before. Yeah, we. Um, you know, I, th- I told someone the other day, or actually someone this morning in the showroom, they asked me, everyone asked me, do you ever sleep? And, you know, <laughs> social media puts a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do sleep, but, um, you know, when you love what you do and you love everything that you're doing, it's not like work. So I guess, you know, we're working 24 hours a day, but it doesn't feel like work. I don't mm-hmm. know. And if I wasn't doing this, I would be doing something else creative. So I don't know at all. Um, I think I'm very blessed and fortunate because... Everything I do, you know, and from a design perspective and all these, is what I think about all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's what I thought about since I was a really small, you know, child. So I don't know if that, it's just what we do. And yeah, I remember reading in your book where you were talking about um, you'd go to church, right? (laughs) My father's a preacher, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my father's a minister as well. I wasn't as judgy as you in church. (laughs) Because you said that you would, like, check out the women's outfits and be like, okay, she's the stylish girl. I'm going to memorize head to toe what she's wearing and, you know, kind of check everybody out fashion-wise at church. That's what you did as a kid. We would play this game at lunch where my parents um, would ask me to recite from left to right from pew, you know, pew to pew, who was in the pew and what they were wearing. And I don't know, I mean, looking back, I, they were probably trying to educate my memory system or something, but um, I was fascinated um, 
by people, the way they dressed, not um, all the times what they had on, but how they carried themselves. And I would notice mannerisms and um, people's homes and, you know, not like uh, the big room, but the details of a room. So I could remember what was on shelves and um, just details. I was fascinated. I still am. I mean, I have this like memory, like, you know, I can walk in and remember things like that. It's surprising you didn't go into drama or set design or something like that. Did you dabble in that at all? Theater or anything like that? No, I actually went, um, when I went to college, I got a degree in finance and economics. I moved back to Nashville um, when I finally realized that I would probably have to get a job doing that. I freaked out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I started working at a Banana Republic part-time. And um, I was doing windows and just doing small, but it was the, it was, I remember that moment of like, oh, this is so like not work. This is so fun. And, um, you know, then I never got a job in my degree. Well, I guess those skills I've used, but um, that's how my kind of career started. I imagine that finance helps you with your business. Oh, for uh, right. Well, I think most interior, you know, people think interior design is so glamorous and, just you shopping. Know, it's all That's creative. All you do is it's absolutely not. It's like ten or fifteen percent creative. The rest is um, organization, operations, follow up, communications. You're like a psychologist. You're a doctor. You're a shrink. You're, you're like everything. <laughs> um, so I do think that mathematical mind, that memory mind, all that stuff is kind of helped with um, you know operational slash organizational skills. So I'm like I it's. You can't execute creativity unless you um, can get it done. It can be efficient. So Okay, close your eyes. What color is that tablecloth over there on the other side of the room? Is it yellow? No, you're wrong. <laughs> Yay! So you're not as creepy weird with your memory as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to leave the room and be like, that girl with it's the coral. weird black shirt. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was mean. I would have said that. I was okay. There. I barely looked over there, so it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, so speaking I, of colors, oh, you oh, go. I was going to ask how you started even like your little, or not little, but your clothing. How did that even branch? And off? we're all real irritated that none of us wore stripes today oh, because Caroline cool. wears stripes. I, I have an every godly number of stripes in my closet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, well, I worked in Banana for 12, 15 years, started in stores. Um, then I went to corporate, did visual merchandising, marketing, store design. So, so I... Um, always gravitated towards classic fashion um you know whether it's striped boat necks or trench coats or khakis or white you know just classics um and i've always you know loved stripes there's pictures of me a little a little kid stripes so my partner was also in fashion as he was the um, president of um, lucky brand jeans and he kind of semi-retired and one day he just said oh we should you know i've kind of mentioned that i think you know there was a need out there for a women's blue and white stripe brand mm-hmm. and um so he kind of threw it out there let's do it and of course that's like with me like <laughs> just you know date. so uh, you're like oh i have 10 pieces yeah, like, done. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so the concept was to take fabrics that we wear like japanese cotton stripes and then men's thomas mason shirting fabric and uh, in stripes and kind of create a feminine um sportswear collection for women and that's how it started. And it's been a huge success. It's been like 
we never thought it would be anything other than just kind of fun. And then it's like, oh, okay, now we're doing like a resort, and now we're doing like you know a fall collection. Wow, well, oh gosh, yeah, it's big. Six seasons a year. And Do so? Wow. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't even understand how this is happening. You're like, I thought I mean, it, I, and then it happened. <laughs> I mean, I have a, we have a great pattern maker, and I have a great photographic memory of. Except images. for that tablecloth. Oh. Nice try. That's how it started. And, um, Very cool. Yeah, it's doing great. And how long has that been going on? Just a couple of years. Yeah. And it's just, again, a small portion of what I do. I you know, hope we can keep coming up with good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's some really beautiful lines. We were looking at yeah. those pants with the tie yeah. on the side. Oh, I want those. You. They're cool. I left in your showroom, um, which we just got back from, the way you mix the stripes together. I noticed in particular there was one blue and white striped chair on a blue and white striped rug, and they work so well. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if you could kind of give us a little lesson, give our listeners a lesson in mixing patterns that maybe they would feel like, oh, this is a rule that I'm breaking. Mm-hmm. How do they break it? Well, I, I mean, I think there's so many like cliches about pattern mixing. I mean, I have my formulas in general. Like, you know, if I'm upholstering a sofa in a big pattern, I'll probably do like a small scale stripe or check or geometric pillow, and then something solid with another solid color on the back. I mean, I have these ways of mixing mm-hmm. um i've never been afraid of like layering pattern um so i would never think that like a striped chair on a striped rug would it do i mean those most of the fabrics in the room are fabrics i've designed with schumacher and then the rugs are my rugs with merida so i kind of have to put it all together <laughs> <laughs> but it works but it works yeah best. yeah it works. and i don't think anything should feel perfect either Dude, mm-hmm. i think good design is design that looks like it's um um been created over time and layered and you know i hate installing a project where it looks all brand new mm-hmm. so i kind of like that a little bit of the surprise and you know i don't think um tones of color have to be perfectly matched you know um that's just yeah i was mentioning to caroline what i've felt like in the showroom as well as in your book when I was looking through it is the rooms feel um, so collected almost like okay I inherited these three things from my grandmother and I cherish them but I've got kind of some other things that I picked up at a thrift shop that mix so perfectly with it so it all feels kind of dressy and casual and comfortable and elegant together it's weird because it's (laughs) very welcoming but also a little bit dressed up well, I think um, I think with hopefully with my design work, there's that great juxtaposition of um, elegant and casual, and you know, natural and formal, and you know, mixing of um, different fabrications. Like I love rattan next to gilt, or you know, mm-hmm. everyone loves linen next to velvet. But that high and low of things, and that mm-hmm. kind of um, formal and informal, and you know, masculine and feminine. I think that I don't think about it I guess is um in that realm but I think it's how I layer and I'm glad mm-hmm. that you feel that way about yeah. it but um I think that's just good design you mm-hmm. know this every, comes if, when everything's too. just one note it's like not good and if everything's just traditional I don't think that's great there needs to be a touch of modern or a, a modern environment should have a touch of traditional um you know and th- like I said I think the most important thing is that things feel like they've been created over time yeah, mm-hmm. and um, 
I, I always start with my clients, you know, what they want their home to look, feel like. I always ask them about their personal collections and if they have things from their grandparents or mm-hmm. their parents because that's what makes the home. I mean, um, people need to be surrounded by things that they love and things that they find beautiful. And it's my job to take those things and make it better. So um, I hope that's reflective in the book because I mm-hmm. think that's um, that's like good living is about. I think. Agreed. We're always preaching that, I feel, every single yeah, time every we episode. get together is yeah. that whole idea of, you know, live your life now. Everything around you, every detail in your life can be beautiful. Even if you have kids and pets and all of that, don't wait mm-hmm. till your kids go off to college to make your home a beautiful place that makes you feel comfortable. And, you know, I think it can make you feel more elegant and make right. you feel prettier when the things around you are beautiful. Yeah, and the most beautiful homes are homes that are lived in, you know, like that people use their rooms in their home and they're not worried about having people over. They're not worried about the kids. You know what I mean? I think that's beautiful. Yeah, um, they have you know, a soul. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we were talking to, when we had Bunny on, we were talking about entertaining and guests and all of that. And um, I can't remember how it came up, but she, coasters came up. She's like, ugh, I don't even bother. She's like, that's why you give people a napkin. Like, don't make people feel uncomfortable by having coasters around and all that stuff. She's like, nothing's that precious. No. You know, your friends are way more valuable to you than any table they're going to set their glass on. So just relax and don't mm-hmm. go around sticking coasters under people's yeah, cups. A, you know, and a ring on a table is fine. You know, it just looks like it's been there a while, which yeah. is good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that first one is painful, but then just like let them keep going, you know. I think you know, whatever you know. The there's different parts of the country. You know, there's more formal parts of the country, and there's more casual. And I think there is a casualness about California where you can get by with a lot, a lot yeah. more. Um, you know, where East Coast is more formal, the South is more traditional. I think we have a casualness about it, so mm-hmm. rings are fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, give us a lesson in California cool. How do we get that in our house? Ooh. Well, um, actually, my Hinted on Furniture collection is called California Today. And when I was defining what that meant, because for me it's just what I love, is that kind of mix of things. You know, it's that you know mix of the traditional, the modern, um, a little bit of Asian influence, neoclassical, French. Um, I really am drawn to, like, um, modern abstract art but with mm-hmm. traditional furnishings. So I don't know if that defines California style, but that's kind of like how I interpret it. Um, I think the most important thing about California and the beauty of it is the ability to connect your indoor spaces with your outdoor spaces because we have such beautiful weather and the outdoors can, can become you know additional square footage in your home. Mm-hmm. So when I'm designing a space, it's like, you know, what what looks what's right outside the window and when the doors are open the outside you know seating area how does that connect with your interior spaces and that ability to like you know have a garden stool in the house or you know have a you know a stone console outside or whatever that you know mixing of indoor outdoor in a way that you can't do in most places um so i i think of you know california is the sunshine the blue sky and the green outside and how it connects inside mm-hmm why do you think people are so hesitant to mix their outdoor furniture? They like buy a collection and it matches, and then they walk away. Well, I no, I think that. Do you do that? I, I I like you know to mix you know the teak with the iron with the wicker. Mm-hmm. I mean for sure versus big systems. But there is you know like these wonderful homes where 
all the furniture is McKinnon and Harris. It's like simply divine, you know. So, <laughs> but it's <McKinnon laughs> who's to and argue with yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think things should be mixed for sure. Um, but if you're if you're going to mix them, mix them good. If you're going to mix them bad, stick to a collection. So mm-hmm. I think that you know, <laughs> probably, it's probably safer uh, for sure. But um, sure. a mix of everything is always good. I was just going to say that your courtyard. Um, which was in House Beautiful in 2014 is divine. I mean, it's got this ivy that's just like covered all the walls. That to me is like perfection. I just love stuff growing all the mm-hmm. things, you know, yeah. out of the cracks of the brick and stuff. I like it's, so uh, you know, I think anytime there's a house with ivy or, you know, um, fig ivy growing, I think it adds patina and it instantly adds age mm-hmm. to any type of property. So, yeah, our gardens are sanctuary. Um, I can I'm glad it's bought. Uh, I hear that over and over. How much people love it. it brings me a lot of joy in thinking mm-hmm. that people love it so much. So, how how large is it? It looked like it was a manageable size. You know, for it's sort of- probably twenty five feet by twenty five feet. Yeah. That portion of it, and then there's a staircase that goes up, and there's um, two like terraces there's mm-hmm. a green lawn on the first terrace with some, with some viewing benches and then up above is the rose garden mm-hmm. but you know we we were in the hollywood hills and um we found this amazing 19 you know 28 house um which had this great like you know traditional square federalist like shape which is very rare it's mediterranean but it was very unusual for the hollywood hills because everything in the hollywood hills is usually rambling and you know by level and you know mm-hmm. not not that appealing but we had to deal with the the slope of the mountain yeah so you know i went we just went in and started terracing it so that was our approach to that wow sounds like a project yeah do you have a green thumb my partner has a more green thumb than i do (laughs) i mean i definitely um know the things i love boxwood ficus fig ivy um hydrangea you know those kind of things and i like i like an abundance of Boxwood. So if there's a boxwood, I, you know, I want 50 of them. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> All the more is better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All those things that are easy to grow and low maintenance. Well, we're often talking about how our husbands or partners have an opinion about how we decorate. Does your partner care or does he just let you have free reign? Oh, he does. I mean, he's great style. Um, oh, okay. It's our home. But sometimes I come home from a long trip and all of a sudden everything's rearranged. You know, like <laughs> accessories are rearranged. I'm kind of like... Uh, but yeah, <laughs> You're like, what happened? Does he veto anything you bring in the house? He's never vetoed anything. You know, he when it comes to the big stuff, like if we ever redo the house and whatever fabrics I pick, he's he's fine with all that. But um, you know, I think he gets bored maybe and starts moving stuff around. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Well, I love the way your book was sectioned out by color. Right, and you start mm-hmm. with blue and white basically as its own color. Blue and white is a color. How did you, div- you know, where did that passion for blue and white come from you? Well, um, I grew up in a, ho- a house that was blue, and, you know, I always wore, like, blue and white clothes. I, I don't know where the, where it came instinctively, but it is something that I've always um, personally gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. It's been a theme in my work, um, you know, through social media and um you know there's this hashtag i use blue and white forever so it was just natural to do a blue and white chapter i think people would be surprised i you know I, you I, I, I do yeah i do everything uh, but <laughs> it, has do been, it has become this thing which is so cool and um you know it's i've never met anyone who doesn't like blue and white 
Um, I've never, you know, it's men love it, women love it, young people love it. It's sporty. It's just kind of, you know, kind of goes with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, I think, one of those universal loves. Pick one shade of blue that's your favorite. Ooh. Can you do that? Well, right now it's cobalt. <laughs> yes, right. we saw that. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by, you know, that Eve's Klein cobalt color. Um, it's just something so vivid and fresh about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you start falling in love with something, you start seeing all the things it can do because you start recognizing it. And um, so I because I have a blog as well. So I just start studying. And, you know, I was last night doing a blog post on chinoiserie and cobalt and the combination. And I went down that Eves Klein rabbit hole and started studying his work. And, you know, it's such a <laughs> color with deep deep you know patina and it's happy color but then it's mm-hmm. a dramatic color so right now it's that but i you know i love all shades of i'm doing um at the coastal living show house this year i'll get that in oh cool the 20th yes, anniversary yeah. house in newport rhode island and the yeah. whole house is blue and white but i wanted to show um not like blue and white in like the most obvious sense but like to show the range of blue and white and so you know the media room downstairs is going to be like you know with raffia walls and um there's more like green blues and hake ferron ball blue and um like some deeper tones the blues have more green in them and mm-hmm. um like peacock uh, not quite you know they just that kind of indigo blue that has a little bit of green in it mm-hmm. so this kind of like kind of comfortable cozy idea of showing blue like you know like if you're in a log cabin that feeling you have but mm-hmm. it's just just definitely blue and then you go up to the living room and the kitchen and there's where you're using picket store fabrics from australia all those beautiful fabrics from india that you know have all the little boutiques and the florals and the borders and it's just gonna you know it's gonna be beyond fabulous and fresh um and then as you keep going to the house the master wing is like softer like you know blues um icier blues china blue seafoam blue then there's a boy's room that's navy and white. Then there's a girl's room that's like Robin's a blue and like periwinkle and blue. So there's this beautiful common thread through it all of this color point of view. But I show the range mm-hmm. uh, and how it can, um, you know, manifest itself with like a boy's room versus a little girl's room or whatever. So that's been a, a personal challenge, and I think it's going to be pretty inspiring. I hope. What are the dates? Tell us. Yeah. Well, we install in a couple weeks, first of June, and then I think it's open to the public. Um, first, starting in July, and it's open for two months. So when I signed up to do this, of course, I you know, I wanted to bring on board all the people that I work with. So I'm working with Farrell and Ball. We're doing some custom design wallpapers um, for the house. So there's a blue and white stripe. Well, it's actually um, drawing room blue and. Um, um, Ludworth blue stripe that runs the whole vein of the house. So all the hallways and all the um, staircases are this one stripe. So I brought them on board, and then you know we're using Schumacher, Quadrille, um, Raoul, Aesthetic Decor is doing tons of furniture. Hollywood Homes doing tons of furniture for me. Um, Merritt is doing the rugs, and then we have our sponsors like Lee and Visual Comfort, and all that. All of them are really wonderful. But I was able to like bring people that I work with on a regular basis in my design projects now. So I think mm-hmm. it's going to be really um, elevated. Then I'm representing tons of artists in the South and, you know, mm-hmm. the East Coast that I love. And um, the story is going to be, you know, like West Coast to the East Coast. So this, this you know, 
the West Coast sensibilities on the East Coast, which is kind of cool. Yeah, really on the West it's Coast. like a rap battle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to be awesome. And um, Amy Nunsinger, who's my photographer, who shoots everything for me, is also going to be shooting this piece. Um, so the spirit of it will be um, reflective in the photographs as well. That's I really went neat. through your Southern Living Idea House last summer, um, and I think we did an interview with you on our blog, actually. And I loved the, you know, it's all neutral, so I'm just going to try to paint a picture okay, for it, all of our on. listeners. Of course, you can, we'll share all the photos on the blog in the show notes. But... Um, there was a striped wallpaper. There were so many different colors, and it was almost this like caramel tan, and it was really pretty. But it was so layered. I mean, you had natural fiber rugs, and it just felt like someone had been in that house for years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they really had collected things over a lifetime, and beautiful Audubon prints on the wall. I mean, it was really everything that you love about traditional pieces, but arranged in a way that felt so fresh and different and it was really beautiful and so I was just wondering how we can kind of take that neutral I mean Karen and I are total neutral girls we love neutral but I feel like it gets a bad rap how can people do it in a way that doesn't feel so you know what one note yeah mm -hmm. yeah well I think first of all people should you know Put in their homes what they love. So if you love neutral, I mean, do it. Yes, yeah, exactly. I don't think there's any simple formula, or whatever. But you're not judging us. Um, <laughs> I have my formulas of you know when I'm decorating. I love a natural fiber rug. I think they're comfortable. I love the texture. I love to layer antique rugs over them. And then I have my particular types of antique rugs I like. Um, I'm a huge proponent of you know when I'm layering fabrics that you know using small scale with larger scale with um, high-low fabrics, just, you know, nothing is flat or solid. There's always something. I love trims, textures. I love the mix of finishes, whether it's rattan by plaster, by gilt, by bronze. Um, you know, nothing truly matching, but when then you put it all together, it's so easy on the eye. I mean, when you mention um, the details, but the idea is that when you walk into any type of space, that it just it's like a oh, like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. But then you discover something new every time you um, you turn your head, or any if you're visiting someone their home, that every time you see something different. That's you know those are the details that matter, and that's what you know it keeps me up every night. Like you know what are those details? <laughs> those those trims, those applications. But uh, I don't think anything should scream um, loudly. I just think you should discover it. So, mm-hmm. And how do you do that without it being overdone? You know, you, I'm sure you've been into homes or rooms that are just like, oh, three too many things in here. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Hire you. Right? <laughs> no, I, I, um, I think that um, I think you can layer things. It's just the, what you layer. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are those rooms, you know, like when you go to England, those fabulous manor houses where there's like the, the bold pattern on the pattern. It just works. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's done right, anything can work. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it has to be done right. Yeah. Be tasteful. True. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any decorating pet peeves? Oh, yeah. Sort of our go-to question. We love hearing when you that. you go into someone's house, you just grit your teeth and like, oh, they did it. Well, I don't like um, <laughs> when there's like furniture collections that match, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone does that anymore, but you know, like the dresser, and the, or you go to a dining room and a, the dining room set. Mm-hmm. 
that's mm-hmm. just bad. I'm over this whole like you know, there's that, and then I think all this transitional design is like you know I can't. It, that's hard for me to stomach as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this new like, uh, you know, look that's um, everything's one note. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not. I guess I don't like trends. <laughs> I don't believe in trends. <laughs> I liked um, your your attention to detail in the showroom we were just in you had a long dining table and the end chairs the stripe was uh laid across it versus forward to back it was going Um, horizontally across the chair yes and it was just a different way because most of the time stripes are you know front to back and these were from side to side or whatever on the seat um, and then you had a little detail on your um chairs where you put the welt out um, to box out the back. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm. Yeah, there, yeah. It, anyway, it was just something that I don't tradition or I haven't seen that often. So it felt fresh. You had leather, and then you had a white. Oh, that yeah. white cording on that yeah. caramel well, leather chair was yummy. Yeah, you only. <laughs> you know, I don't. You can't. You can, but I don't want to layer too many fabrics into a space. So I try to do interesting applications. Um, whether you know running the stripes horizontally or vertically, um, and I don't know if you noticed, but they're in that same stripe by the dining table. There, the slipper chairs in the bedroom that were adjacent mm-hmm. to it were in the same stripe. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of interesting to like have them going different directions. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things that matter. I think that for sure the details, and I don't think there's any rules. Um, and you know, like you take a leather. French chair, which is awesome and great, but if you put a little ivory cord, you know, where, you know, the natural welt would be, I think that's kind of special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you did it in your book. You did the leather. We talked about this because yeah, I noticed it too. There's leather the ottomans leather. with the bullion fringe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh it was gosh, such a surprising so, combination yeah. to me that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. literally the color of a caramel that you would eat, this right. leather, mm-hmm. and yeah, it the bullion feels, ottoman. when you touch it, like oh, you're touching a dessert. Kind of, um, <laughs> always that mix of you know soft and hard and the different textures Hmm. um not trying to do things completely unexpected but i just think that that um i think a leather autumn it's just leather autumn is boring you know and it's Mm -hmm. hard to put that in a formal pretty room they kind of bring out the beauty of each other yeah totally Mm -hmm. because they're both beautiful yeah now can you tell us how you got into the business i mean like how did you get a client? Because you were telling us how you kind of like trained your eye over the years and you decided, I can find joy doing this. But how did you, you <laughs> well, know? Well, we moved to Los Angeles like seven years ago. I had um, really wasn't working and I started a blog um, because I was started reading other people's blogs. I thought, oh, this would be a great um, opportunity to talk about all the things I love and, you know, you know, thought I could learn something new and, so I had started that, and then at the same time I, we had bought this house, I was decorating it. The a gentleman next door who was the landscape designer was a contributing editor for House Beautiful. Wow. He came over, saw the house one day because I had a question about the garden or whatever, and he was like, "Oh, you know, I'm a contributing editor for House Beautiful. Would you ever think about having your house published?" And and I said, "Oh, sure." You know, I didn't think anything about it at the time. Oh, sure. Just Did, casual. You know what I've... No well, that's... Yeah, I didn't <laughs> think anything would happen with it. So, right. um, Scott Shy, who was the creative director at the time, came to the house two weeks later to scout it out, loved it, asked if they could come shoot it. They, um, I said, yeah, sure. Um, they came, I think, three or four weeks later pretty quickly. I think that was in um, August. Um, 
we had a beautiful photo shoot with Amy Noonsinger. That's where I met her, that, ah. that, that photo shoot. Um, didn't know the timing of things. I think I got an email three weeks later. said, oh, by the way, we're going to fast track your house um, to be in the December, January issue. It's going to be on the cover. Um, so we started talking about the storyline, about my blog and everything. And then it was published. Um, and because of the way the story was written and because people knew how to get a hold of me, they thought I was a decorator. So we, I literally had all these emails. I think there were, you know, you know, a lot and eight little serious <laughs> ones. So I started, that's how I started my design business. I'm not kidding. It was like literally like, oh, okay, well. Um, yeah, I guess I'm be, in business. Quick, put up a website. Is, you know, so a lot of this, you know, world that we're in is about talent, but it really is about luck, timing. Um, if I wouldn't have had the experiences that I had, you know, in my retail background, all those years of learning how to get things done and, um, do things, understanding marketing, understanding, you know, how to execute creativity. I wouldn't be as successful as I was. So I'm really thankful that it happened when it happened. Um, and I think it wasn't something I sought out. It's just something that came naturally. And, um, I think that's so cool. So it was, um, it was all in the stars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, we have people often writing in and asking us, how can I get into the business? I'm really, I love decorating. Do you have any tips? So now all we need to tell them is get your house on the cover of House Beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. That's really it. Simple. Done. One step. Uh, It was lucky. (laughs) But when I was photographing it or when I was, you know, none of that was thought about. Like I never thought I would be a decorator or or that that would be coming from it. Mm -hmm. It was really that pure. I mean, mean, I'm not... um, and then when it happened, it just was like also that pure. So I was like, oh wow! And but your I, first project, were you nervous? Were you like, uh oh, they're going to figure out I'm a fraud? No, I. You, you were know, like, I just, I'm great. I just when I approach people's homes, I just approach it like it's mine. Like, what would I do? You know, like what you know. And I think there's some people who can walk into a space and they can immediately see something and um, see the opportunity and be able to lay it out. And to be honest with you, you know, it's, I don't want to make it seem so simple, but. Always, my first instinct is always where we go, and it always mm-hmm. seems to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. Um, do you should... go into your friends' homes and rearrange them? No. No. <laughs> do you want to? Do they ask you to? No. Really? No. <laughs> they must have fabulous taste. Well, that sort of goes back to, or um, it reminds me of something that Miles said on his episode, which is to do something that just you can't like. Help, like that just comes so naturally to you that uh, you can't yes. imagine not your career. Doing it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds sort of like what what you're saying, which is that you know just find whatever you're passionate about, just do it because you love it, and then just if it's come. that easy, mm-hmm. that should be yeah. your career. He yeah. basically said it. It should be easy. Yeah, <laughs> like your job should be easy for you. Right. And everything that you do, you know, whether it's my fabrics with Schumacher or my rugs with Meretta or my Hinderdon collection or even my women's fast stripe collection, you know, it, it all needs to work together. And I think that's where true success comes from. It's like you're creating like, um, you know, a beautiful picture, but it has to mostly come from what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you go off course, you try to create something that you think people will want or someone else might like or whatever, um, that's where I think you get sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's super important for me and everything that I do that it comes across as being attainable, approachable, um, friendly, um, you know, 
everyone can participate. That's just kind of like how I want everything to be connected. Well, how do you, uh, what advice do you give people who are on a budget, who are trying to, um, there might be starting out, maybe it's their first apartment, their first home, their young family. Where should they put their dollars? Well, I think the, you know, things that are beautiful don't have to be necessarily expensive. It's just, you know, the details that are involved or the lines, you know, like I would always say, you know, if you're going to buy a sofa, buy an English rolled arm, you know, tight back sofa because it's timeless. Mm-hmm. It'll look good for a long time. So I think if you invest in pieces that have a timeless quality about them um, and then you build on them over time, you know, um, then I think that's how people should start. And I definitely believe for sure, you know, splurge on something. You know, if you have one fabulous thing, piece of art in your house, great. You know, it's okay that that has nothing, you know, doesn't have a table underneath it or whatever, but buy beautiful things, you know, as you can. And, um, um, you know, things will evolve over time. Yeah. Fewer things, but nicer things. What is that your dad said, Caroline? I can only afford to buy the best once. That's right. Then you only cry once. Yeah, yeah. Just rip Mm -hmm. that Band-Aid off. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, if you you can buy kind of mediocre many times. But you don't, not everything has to be expensive. I mean, you know, it's like you can find beautiful, you know, classic line things and they don't have to be expensive. Mm -hmm. And you can buy vintage. Totally. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. for sure. We have some, um, we, we kind of talked about one of them, which is we have about getting into the design business. Listener dilemmas. So okay. we need your free expert. <laughs> I was going to ask you real quick before you ask. So have you had a chance to walk market at all? I uh, barely. Yeah. I was going to uh, see if you'd seen anything cool you want to tell us about now. I, um, you get, which is a good thing. I love being in my room. I love meeting the people and talking to them and no one can, um, talk about your product better than you can yourself mm-hmm. so um i complain about it like i can never get out but i mean i don't think i'd want it any other way yeah. i mean i did i went to um courtney and randy or good friends of mine from bungalow classic and mm-hmm. they did a collection of highland house downstairs which is awesome so i went to yeah. see them for like they have a little espresso machine so i went down there <laughs> pretty much five times a day their stuff is great. i saw some things that was great and um yeah, they have a great shop. It's very close to our office. Mm-hmm. I was there just last week. Uh, they're the nicest people in the world. Mm-hmm. It comes through in their products, I think. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, we got to get right. them on the podcast. Yeah. I love their we'll house. Just, we'll just go just stop in Atlanta yeah, homes they're great. Yeah. Basically. All right, cool. what's our question? Do we have a listener question, or is that it? Well, I we feel kind like of covered are, it. Yeah, we kind of we kind of covered it because right. we talked about getting into the business. Just get on House Beautiful cover, right? <laughs> Done. <laughs> get your own <laughs> cover. Well, Mark, Mark, tell everyone listening how they can find you, your Instagram and your blog and all that good stuff. Uh, well, if you Google Mark D. Sykes, my website should come up. The blog is a, uh, a part of the website. Um, my Instagram is also Mark D. Sykes. <laughs> you know, it's brand consistency. Yeah. I like it. It's all, yeah. And go get his book, too. It's a really good yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, New York Times bestseller. We're on our fifth reprint. I just oh. signed another um you know, we're doing another book with Rizzoli, so we're starting to work on the second one. So, wow. yeah, it's been great. The book has been um, super. It was a lot of work, but it's um, been 
it's been thrilling to see it so accepted. And I hope that it's um, an inspiring thing, but also something people relate to. I love the photography. I love the pacing of it, where you had those overhead shots that were really sort of a collage of a compilation of the whole vibe of the whole room in that one shot. Well, we we identified some, you know, definitely artistic, um, creative applications that we would continue throughout the whole Mm -hmm. book. I mean, it was really important for me to curate my book in a way like how I think. So starting with these, you know, having chapters in these color stories, because I think that that's a compelling um, um, message. But then having the mood boards for each chapter that was a combination of like, you know, you know, an iconic interiors or a destination mm-hmm. or an iconic person and mixing that fashion in the interiors and all the things that how I feel inspiration comes from in a mood board that showed the spirit of the chapter and then seeing how um, these rooms um, and these things I these themes that I talk in my blog about all the time you know read my way or garden green every single chapter is like a hashtag that I use and it was the first time I think for my um, for people who like my work to see how these ideas and these things that inspire me were manifested in my actual work because I didn't have a lot of things published um, while I was working on the book because I wanted to save them. Mm-hmm. But um, another thing is, is most books, there's this thing about like entryways and living rooms and, and dining rooms and sometimes the images don't connect with one another. Like, you know, so I really, I right. think the color stories was a very easy, mm-hmm. beautiful way for people to absorb um, the details because there's nothing like alarming about it. You just kind of like go to another color story. So it was so easy for me to kind of hone in on my vibe, the chapter that was like, Oh, this is me. Yeah. And I imagine that's probably similar for most people. You go, you gravitate to the color of your most. Yeah, I, I hope so. And then there's this, if you really look at it and if you read it, there's the, all these common formulas and things that I use in all my interiors, you know, the natural fiber rugs and the slipper Mm -hmm. chairs and the antique rugs and baskets and boxes. And if you look closely, those same things are in all of the um, houses, but because of the color, um, the sensibility, the location, um, they feel different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we can break it down and copy it. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, right. Try. We'll try. We'll try. We'll try. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for Thank coming. Thank you so much for coming. This Thanks was awesome. Over. I right. loved it. All right, and that's our show. Mark Sykes was great, right? That was fun. Mm-hmm. I want to put some more blue in my home after mm-hmm. talking to him. And like, it's pretty amazing that it. six years ago he was like, "Oh, I'm decorating my house," and now he's the talk of High Point you know, sort of celebrity designer. How does that happen? Overnight. It's cool. Yeah. Just, you know, l- move next to a, a contributing editor for House Beautiful Done. and get your house on the cover. Done. Yeah. I'm or working be. on it. Everyone, get to it. He's so talented. He yeah, is. That's great. Yeah. And, ch- and He acts like it was just luck, but he is really talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. And super nice. Like yeah. a very kind of humble, nice guy. Yeah. I loved meeting him. Mm-hmm. Well... Um, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, of course, we would love for you to send us your questions at podcast at ballarddesigns.net and leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show. And we also really like the feedback. What is it you call it when it helps you get better? Constructive criticism? Constructive criticism. We yes. do want to get better. We and, do. We, and, you know, if we've had people give us suggestions for guests and stuff like that, which is great. It really helps yes. us kind of um, understand what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you want, and we will try our very best to bring it to you. Yes, we had a listener tell us um, some people that she wanted to hear from. And, and we're working on it. Yeah, we're working on it. So we'll bring you those. We'll try. Um, until next time. 
Happy, Happy decorating! decorating.